When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Fridays here at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson is in the house. Elijah Herbo on assignment covering the Trump Herbster rally for KFOR News that's been postponed. And uh, Elijah's been at it since the crack of dawn, so I sent him to the bar. <laughs> Seriously, you want me to come in? It's like Willie J's here. Yeah. You've got your sleeves rolled up, and I said, you go to the bar, young man. I didn't ask if he's coming in in the morning or not. <laughs> I should have. I should have. But uh, well done, uh, Elijah Herbal, for being uh, on site in Greenwood for as long as you were. But uh, go pour one, dude. You still got to go, too. Yeah. You still got to go to the event, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just now it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Now it's Sunday. Hey, NFL draft uh, coverage begins at 6 right here on many of our Hale Varsity affiliates. Excited about that. Should be a good day for Nebraska fans, but better for Nebraskans who put the uh, the helmet on. That's Cam Taylor-Britt. That's Cam Jurgens. That's who, uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're hoping to hear. And just covering both those guys is Long as we did, you wish them nothing but the best, a great fit, a phenomenal landing spot, and uh, we'll see if that happens tonight. Sounds like it should. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at uh, Willie on the radio for Will Wilson. And of course, he's part of Morning Hookup with Bill Hooks. When is that $20 bill coming down? Now that I've got you, <laughs> you know, within the sites, yes. you're, I've got the scope on you. What's uh-huh. happening with that 20 Because huh. I need that story before we dive into uh, to some Oshan Mathis stuff. It was my 20 I was? was. Did you do double or nothing? What's the deal? We are going to get there. So what, what we decided was, you might as well just keep it there in case another wager happens in the future. Um, I can put it somewhere. No, else, it's, you know, I love watching Elijah's like wheels turn. Yeah, yeah, he's probably uh, gets closer and closer every day. Each time, yeah, yeah. yeah it's right there. It, it's mm-hmm. like he's on the front row, and it's yeah, happy hour. I get it. You know, I get it. That it's was not Padre's, a, it's not a one there. I mean, that, that's that's a twenty. That was Padres money line, by the way. Obviously, Padres lost that night. Mm-hmm. So, so you so that that's for hooks to take. It is technically hooks money right now, but we're gonna probably get another bet in here soon, and who knows? Maybe I'll go down forty. <laughs> maybe there'll be two twenties up there. I I know it's kind of a scarce work environment, even post COVID. That was great. But you put forty up there, it's gone. Yeah. 
Good point. I'll find a new spot. <laughs> no, it's it's it keeps us motivated. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps us motivated keeps us every, going. every afternoon. O'Shawn Mathis, his motivation is a year from now to have had his name called on Thursday. O'Shawn Mathis, 6'5", beast off the edge, accolades, quarterback hurries, 20 sacks as an eighth grader. And uh, he'll make his decision at, uh, I think it's a JUCO, uh, tomorrow at 3. So social media will be on fire one way or the other for Husker Nation. And what is going to happen for Nebraska? The more and more you uh, watch and listen to this play out, I think the fact that he's 15 minutes from Austin, and has been there three times, and they passed on him the first time around where he went to TCU. This is good for Nebraska. Who's to say something doesn't happen or hasn't happened to change his other mind or seal the deal? But if you're Nebraska, the fact that it's going till Saturday at 3... And he brought his whole family up here for the spring game. And he got time with Jason Peter. He got time with Trev Alberts. He got time with Scott Frost. He got time with Coach Dawson. Dawson got time with Mama. Who's Who knows? I don't want to set you up because Lord knows Nebraska fans have had Lucy pull the football about nine times last year in just one season. Okay? And, it, and it's been heartache and heartbreak just on the field. And, and this guy's a difference maker on the field. Who's in Mathis's ear? Who's he listening to? Can't tell you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, that's, that's going to be your decider because Coach Barnett laid out a couple of, of you know, he's, he's leading Texas because it's 15 minutes from home and guys who leave want to win. And if we're being completely honest, Texas has a better shot of winning their league than Nebraska does of winning the Big Ten next year. Not that it can't happen. Not that Nebraska's not favored to win the West by a percent per FPI in preseason. But there's a lot of moving parts for Nebraska. They can go six and six, seven and five, eight and four next year. They can also probably go four and eight, five and seven or three and nine. Just where the program's at right now. And you've got to at least as we look at it uh, less than 24 hours from now for O'Shawn Mathis that can be that difference maker for a program, for a defense, Randy Gregory style. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska is in good position. They have fought a hell of a fight if it doesn't go their way. Uh, the good news is you, you sound like you're going to be able to get Devin Drew. Uh, the good news is uh, a month from now, uh, you've got uh, Lamar Goods visiting uh, from Florida, another defensive guy. you got the Alabama kid. Out there. So there's more options. This is a difference maker. Yeah. And Nebraska's laid out what the Big Ten is. What is the Big Ten? It's Aiden Hutchinson. It's Linderbaum. It's Carl Loftus. It's Daxton Hall. It's a Jabo. It's Boy Mafe. 
I've just listed guys that are going to hear their names or have heard their name already in the Big Ten on one line of the one side of the line of scrimmage or the other. Cam Jurgens, JoJo Doman, Cam Taylor Britt. You want to go play ball and get ready for the NFL? Big Ten's where you go. Yeah. If you're not going to the SEC, you go to the Big Ten. <laughs> Man, let me say, I just think it's to me looking at this whole recruitment, this whole process. It would to me, it feels like this kid's a freshman, like he's a recruit coming in. I've never oh, seen it, big time. I've never seen this type of hype around a transfer. Well. And, and it's a different era, though. I mean, there was right. hype around Randy Gregory. There was hype around Demario Williams. There was hype around Terrell Farley. And those guys were all incredible. Yeah. They were, they were, they were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They were great. There was hype around Mike Rogier. Sure. But that was Juco. Yeah. Right? And, and you've, you've not had all the Juco acquisitions live up. They don't. Sometimes portal guys won't and don't live up. Transfers sometimes don't live up. Sam Keller. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it's, it's a new normal right now for college football fans and Nebraska fans because this, this, is, your, this is your shot. This is your initial jump into the deep end with a, a player of this caliber portal-wise. He's, dude, he's proven it. He's proven, mm-hmm. proved it against Baylor. He's proved it against Texas. He's proved it against Oklahoma. He's proved it against Oklahoma State. Now, I know that's Big 12, and the Big Ten's the Big Ten. But, you know, Nebraska's in good position. What, what, what does O'Shawn Mathis want? Does he want to go win? Does he want to be the man? Does he want to make money? Does he want elite coaching? Does he want scheme that fits perfectly? I don't know what is top of the priority list for him. I would hope it'd be to win if you're a competitor. Two, right locked in arms with that is getting ready to hear your name a year from now on Thursday. So be, a, be a first round pick. Is that the money part? No, that's 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 the, that's, that's the NFL part. NFL. Now the the money part between two. Yeah, where do you put that at? Well, what immediate need? I mean, if you get between two and five hundred thousand dollars, let's just throw that number out. Yeah, that's a a short term boon for his mother and his and his and his brothers. Half a million dollars, man. I mean, people will work a long ass time to accumulate all of that that total and you got bills to pay you got house payments but that that can go towards family short term but half a million in the grand scheme of things let's just call it half a million is going to last you how long you can invest it you can spend it but eventually you want to go be a first round pick and go sign a deal where you've got 12 million guaranteed and a four-year contract with a fifth-year option and you want to be a dude that probably goes to, to Canton or plays in a Pro Bowl or has a long career because you love the game. I mean, so short-term, yeah, money's, money's, money will be the icing. And Texas can outbid Nebraska. Nebraska can be in every and any fight, though, financially because of the, the backers with this football program. But, I mean, Texas is, is a whole... Nebraska does well, and Nebraska will do well, has done well with NIL and funding and financing. Yeah. But 
Texas is, I mean, J.R. Ewing and oil money, man. <laughs> so, so when we think about what Casey said, and you know, we all take that and say, oh, Nebraska is way better NIL school than Texas. We should maybe take that with a grain of salt. Like, I no, I don't, I don't think it's wrong. Okay. I just think, I mean, te- just think of the enormity of Texas. Oh God! And how much money it it prints, and its boosters and its donors and its. I mean, it's just a richer state. Probably a richer alumni base, right? Just just by numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's better. It just has more. Yeah, more but money. I, yeah, has more money. But is is it a better opportunity? Now right. Texas does hook up with Alabama. I think week two. So there's a showcase game for you. Ooh. But week in week out, NFL guys want to see you do it all the time, every time on film. They're going to spend a first round investment on you, or a second round investment on you. You'll get that. And I just laid out all the. I mean, you had, you had a boatload. You had eight, eight, first round picks from the Big Ten. Jeez. I mean, Georgia had five by themselves. <laughs> okay. All defense, right? <laughs> yeah, wow. all, de- all defense, and and probably their best defender is probably going first couple of picks. You're the linebacker. Yeah. But you're you're going to get ready made for the NFL. It will groom you. It will get you ready. That's why the Big Ten's the the pick if you want to get to the next level. There's my sales pitch. I don't care where he goes. I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. But it'd be fun to cover a winning Nebraska football team with a beast coming off the edge on first down, on second down, on third down. Think of this. Think of this air quote problem to have if you're Coach Chenander. We got Garrett Nelson on one side, O'Shawn Mathis on the other, and Caleb Tanner. He had three pass rushers. Oh my God! Plus Gunnarsson. Well, and then and then Robinson right there in the middle to get anybody who gets by, right? Plus plus Robinson and and uh, yeah, like you said, and then you have Butler and and Gunnarsson that, that, that are that are being groomed. That's enough. All of a sudden, you're and, and then you, you you bring in if you're Nebraska, you bring in Devin Drew. All right, now on the flip side, say Mathis chooses Texas, we get Drew. You think that's still enough? It's, it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't really have a shot. I mean, you can, you can go get a couple more guys. You can, you need two more guys. Yeah. You do. But this is this is difference maker off the edge to hurry, to hurt, to harass a quarterback. So there's there's my thought. I think Nebraska is in, in as good. They have done everything they can. Mm-hmm. Everything they can, and uh, I think whatever, however, however it shakes out, it's it's not Nebraska's fault mm-hmm. if it doesn't go their way. If they right. do get it done, uh, major high fives to the staff. And I'll say this too: with with Coach Dawson, I mean, he, his NFL background and experience will also be a selling point because it, with his time in New York, his outside linebackers in New York did really well. They they performed as good as anybody on the outside has performed since the Strahan and Lawrence Taylor era. Wow. As far as getting sacks and getting to the quarterback so the guy can can coach. Latrell Neville is gonzo. He is into the portal, and we really enjoyed chatting with him. Uh, 6'4", 195-er. Didn't see the field in 2021. Not really in, in the mix for playing time. And uh, this was a, a Matt Lubick get uh, coming out of high school in Texas. Neville was 
a Virginia Tech commit before he got flipped. He had verbal offers from Bama, from Auburn, from Florida, from LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M uh, in the recruiting process. And uh, you have Joseph there, and he wants eight or nine. I think he's got his eight or nine guys, and it's not that you were told to leave, no. But if you're Neville, maybe there's an opening somewhere else. Enjoyed chatting with him. Wish him best of luck. We'll spend some time doing some really nice write-ups on the Huskers headed to the NFL. Jacob Padilla, as uh, Jacob has been doing the uh, the Hale Varsity's path to the draft, we'll get his take on some of the prospects that may hear their name tonight and uh, will for, for sure this weekend. Uh, we'll check in with Jacob on some basketball news and notes. It'll be good to get caught up with him. Bill Dolman. In less than an hour, the Pride of Fairbury, we will stream that on Facebook Live with the StreamYard, also ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Jabba Chamberlain with us next hour. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some ball with Jacob Padilla. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, what do you know? How you been? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Well, I've enjoyed the Path to the Draft features on HaleVarsity.com. Great work uh, when it comes to profiling uh, the Nebraska players that are up for the draft here today and into the weekend. This has been a, a running discussion all week. And, you know, what should Nebraska be in the NFL draft? Jacob, what's your take? How many... What what's what's the minimum? What's the minimum each draft Nebraska should be sending on to Sundays, uh, drafted or preferred free agents? Yeah, that's that's kind of tough to answer without like studying what other programs are doing. But um, I think going with uh, going a decade without a first rounder, that's probably not what you want. Um, I mean, they haven't had early round picks. Uh, in a while, either like you, you gotta, you gotta start putting some of these guys into the league, um, and hopefully, you want to be on par with the your peers um, with the Wisconsin's and Iowa's and other teams. That's where it starts. You want to be on peer with the, your your division rivals, and then the the best teams in your conference, and then the best in the country. I think that's kind of the 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 tiers that you're looking at. There, you gotta go. You gotta start somewhere. And, um, Nebraska's got to start putting players back into the draft, and so that you can you don't end up on a graphic. I think I saw like where 
uh, notable programs, first rounders over the last however many years, and it was um, like Tulsa or something like that had had a first rounder uh, within the last two years or whatever it was. I, I forget the graphic, but you kind of get the idea. Like you don't want to be the program that is used uh, in those kinds of graphics. You got to start putting uh, players in, into the mix, and I think this year is a good start. Um, if we do see one or two guys go today uh, on day two, obviously Cam Jurgens uh, and Cam Taylor Brader, the two guys we're looking at, I, I think JoJo Doman's draft kind of range is probably, from just what I've seen, is a little bit wider than, than those two. I think most those guys are second, third, fourth rounders pretty much everywhere. JoJo's anywhere from like second to sixth round, uh, that range. Um, so, But if you can get two guys – uh, drafted today, I think that would be a huge step forward for where Nebraska has been. And then you have to build on that. And part of that is success. I think Nebraska's had players that have been good enough to be drafted over the last handful of years that, that went undrafted just because of um, the lack of track record of success. And um, I think we've heard from players and uh, maybe even coaches or some have seen where that, that does factor in. Like you kind of wonder, like, well, if this guy was good, like, what was the problem here? So um, I, I think you got to start having a little bit more success on the field, and then that will help you come, come draft day as well. It's, uh, and then the better you do on draft day, the, the more am, ammo you have to, to go out on the recruiting trail uh, to, 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 to land the next guys that you would hope to put in the draft. So it, it's all kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, obviously you can't have years where you don't have draft picks and you need to be having multiple draft picks every year, and hopefully, hopefully, someone on day two uh, or in contention for day two every single year, and then a first round every now and then. I think that's where you want to shoot for, and then kind of see if you can get there, and then reevaluate at that point. Jacob Adilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. What player in this draft class are you most intrigued by? Um. Uh, say it again, sorry. I, what 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 player are you most intrigued by with this draft class? What Nebraska prospect are you are you really kind of wondering about future uh, transition success? Yeah, um, hmm. I, I think probably I think I'd probably go with um, Jorgens. Okay, um, just because he does. I think he's entering the draft with kind of the highest profile and. Oftentimes, the earlier you get drafted, the better chance you have to make it. Mm-hmm. And just with how um, raw he is at his position, just uh, based on only playing it for a few years, um, I think that um, means there's probably some untapped potential there as well. So if he lands in a situation where you've got a good line coach that can continue to develop him with his natural athleticism, um, I think he's got a chance to become a really, really good player. He could be a starter for a long time. Mm-hmm at the next level uh, if he lands in, in a good situ- uh, situation and is willing to put in the work. So I, I think he probably is the the answer for that um, just because we don't uh, – I mean, there's a reason Nebraska put him at center, and uh, obviously I think Frost and his staff have made some, some interesting calls over the years. That one appears to have paid off. It has been the right move, and now we get to see uh, him at the next level have a chance to – kind of show what they saw initially and uh, that it was a good call. And then if he goes on to have a successful career, that's something that um, Nebraska can kind of put out there for prospective linemen that are 
considering the program moving forward. Jacob Adillas with us. Jacob, another really good projection has been Cam Taylor Britt, quarterback in Alabama. Shenander saw him, said, come play defense for me. And he's played it at a really, really high level, either at safety or at corner. And it's not like he spent a lot of time only, you know, three, you know, a handful of years. I mean, really made a splash as a freshman, sophomore, just continued to progress, right? And that projection, projecting a Cam Jurgens at center from tight end, projecting a Cam Taylor Britt as, as a star guy in the secondary uh, has paid off for Nebraska as well. I think Cam could have a really nice pro career as well. And what do you think is his best asset going into the NFL? Yeah, uh, and I think even in that path to draft series I wrote that, I mean, right now, I talked about what, what Cam Jorgens could end up being in terms of a selling point, but right now I think Cam Taylor Britt is the best example we've seen from the staff of evaluation and development from, from day one through the, the end of his career. He just kept getting better. They, they identified kind of an under-the-radar. Um, obviously, he was playing quarterback. Uh, they saw something there uh, that, that could transfer, and he earned his way on the field right away. And there were other more highly rated defensive backs in that class. And, but he was the first one to, to get on the field, and he was the first one. Uh, I mean, some of those other guys didn't stick around. He ended up being a starter, uh, being a multi-year starter, and developed into one of their best defensive players. So, um, and, and again, that is with uh, very little experience at his position. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he did in high school in terms of like did he work some, at, but. I mean, quarterback was his main position in high school. And so he really only has four years of uh, focusing solely on quarterback. So that is another guy that there's some potential there, uh, some upside still to tap for teams at the next level because of the athleticism. And I think he really helped himself, I think, with that 40 time he ran uh, at the combine. Because um, I think there were probably some, some plays throughout his career where you wondered about his deep speed. Um, maybe you've got, gotten beat deep uh, a little bit, but um, I, I think that, that 40 time uh, lets, you know, lets scouts know that, hey, it's in there. Like uh, It's not necessarily a case of him being too slow to play the position, which I think ultimately ended up hurting Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. when he went through the, the draft process and uh, sort of at the next level. So um, Cam certainly got all the tools you want, uh, good athleticism, good length, good, good speed. Uh, and he's a guy that's going to work hard. I think uh, you, um, you saw that throughout his Nebraska career. Again, earned his way on the field early and kept working his way up the depth chart and becoming one of the, the better players at his position in the Big Ten. So, um, yeah, that's this. I, I hope hopefully we do see those guys both go this uh, today and land in good landing spots because there's a lot of potential for both both cams. Jacob, I got a couple of questions in a couple of minutes. Real quick thought on O'Shawn Mathis. I, I know uh, Nebraska's done everything in their power. Uh, I think they've sold it well. Do you have a lean or a feel at all? Uh, and we we spent the first twenty minutes talking about his impact, and you know the Big Ten's a big selling point uh, as far as if you're making an argument why to choose Nebraska over Texas. Yeah, um, I, I leave most of the the leanings to Greg and just basically. Uh, do, to go with whatever he tells me. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't, I don't personally have uh, too much uh, of uh, like insight into which way he is going to pick. But 
Um, I mean, Nebraska has done apparently done what it's needed to to be in the mix for him. And um, obviously, I, they're in a little bit of trouble if they miss out. I don't know if there's a plan B at this level. Uh, but at this point, anyway, like, yeah, you'd love to have a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you do miss out, you, you've still got Caleb Tanner and you've still got Garrett Nelson. I think you're expecting uh, good seasons from both those guys. So you've got some guys that can play that, that position. Uh, I think right now the focus is more on the interior mm-hmm. and getting more bodies there. So I think this is, a, this is more of a, hey, we want this guy to push us over the top versus, hey, this is an absolute need and we're in big trouble if we don't get this guy. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy that he, he had nine sacks in 2020, but um, only four this past year. Um, so it is kind of interesting just seeing, like, as you go through the, the portal, some of the guys that are landing in these big, uh, these recruitment um, kind of highly competitive recruitments where, um, and, and now we're seeing the guys that have left Nebraska with like a Casey Rogers, who, it wasn't necessarily a standout player at Nebraska, but uh, his, has been highly sought after. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of timing and uh, supply and demand at this point. And um, Mathis has recognized there's some programs out there that really want a pass rusher and is making the most out of that situation. Jacob, I'm going to hold you over for two minutes on the other side to talk Baylor Shireman. Can we do that? Yeah, sounds good. All right, hang on the line. Jacob Padilla is with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine, and to get his take on hoops. But, yeah, big-time decision tomorrow for Nebraska, O'Shawn Mathis, and does he pick Nebraska? Does he pick Texas? And, and Jacob nailed that. Absolutely nailed it when it comes to a guy that can help maybe take you over the top by getting that elite pass rusher. And Jacob's absolutely right. Your interior help and depth is a big-time need because you don't want to get run over and mauled in the Big Ten because it it can and will happen uh, with who you face in the West and just the league overall. But think of you could get both if you're Nebraska. You get a guy that can help you on the interior, and then you get a guy off the edge in Mathis along with Garrett, along with Tanner, And then you can start doing some things. More with Jacob Padilla. Get his take on Baylor Shireman. His his list and where Nebraska sits. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Portal News. Steve Mark from Hale Varsity tweeting out Damian Jackson, Chris Walker, also into the portal, along with Neville. We talked about Jacob Adilla is uh, back with us. Jacob uh, Baylor Shireman, let's talk hoops. Stand out at Aurora, did great work at South Dakota State, 47% from distance. And, uh, man, he's got quite a bit of suitors. Real quick thought from you on... Nebraska's opportunity with him, also Creighton in in it as well, uh, Kansas Duke. I mean, the who's who's after him. Yeah, um, he's certainly got some good options out there. I think he's still kind of seeking the the NBA feedback. Like if he gets if he gets the kind of feedback he wants, I think he'd prefer to go pro now and just go on with it. But 
if he thinks he's got a lot to gain by coming back, um, then that, that's the path, path he's going to go, and he set himself up to, to have options uh, uh, if that's the case. And I, I do think I think both uh, both local schools have put significant uh, uh, resources into uh, pursuing him. Uh, they, they've both shown like, hey, um, they both made their case. Uh, full staff, uh, I think, have been out to see him. So um, he, he's he's got some options, and it's going to come down to ultimately kind of what he wants in a situation. And there's a lot of different uh, – I mean, you look at kind of the, the schools on, on his list, and there are a lot of different situations. He could go to a Blue Blood and um, go play for a national contender there, uh, one of the – the biggest brands in college basketball and kind of see if how that kind of cachet um, helps his draft stock uh, plan for a Kentucky or a Kansas, somewhere like that. Um, he, he could go stay, go stay close to home and go to a Creighton, the team that projects to uh, make a deep run as well in the tournament. And I think skill set wise, he would fit in well with the, the way Creighton wants to play and could step right into that hole left by, Ryan Hawkins, and um, obviously can shoot the ball, great passer, good in transition, all that type of stuff. Um, Creighton does have uh, a primary ball handler in Ryan Nemhart coming back, and uh, pretty good guard that that'll probably slide in next to him with um, with Trey Alexander. So it's it's probably a little bit different role. Um, maybe like he'll get the handle of the ball, but probably more of sharing the ball, more of an off ball role. Which honestly, I think is his best path to carving out a good career at the next level. I'm just not sure if he is a primary uh, ball in his hand mm-hmm. on the offense type of player at the next level. I think he could be a Joe Ingles type that um, plays more on the wing and is a great ball mover, um, great shooter, um, crafty scorer. Like I, I could see him playing that well, and I think uh, E.R. Creighton would kind of tra- transition him to that. But um, then he could also come play at Nebraska and, again, play close to home and, um, he has a chance to run the show at, at Nebraska. Obviously, that was kind of the recruiting pitch for Sam Griesel, but uh, Fred Hoiberg's always said that he likes multiple ball handlers and wants, uh, wants to play uh, versatile lineups where anybody's a threat to, to bring the ball up and make plays for themselves or others. So um, I think a, <laughs> an all-Summit League backcourt of Sam Griesel and Baylor Shireman um, could work pretty well together. And Obviously, Nebraska doesn't have the track record of success as some of those others. So, um, but it, Baylor's a pretty confident kid, and if he thinks he can go in there and uh, be the be the piece that kind of gets the, the Hoiberg era on track, then maybe that's appealing to him. And obviously, the NIL, uh, he's got an agent um, from going through the draft process, and I think that that factors in heavily as well. Um, and what are these teams uh, kind of offering him on that side? So there, there's a lot of. Uh, kind of different situations each of these i think schools or at least the, the kind of you can break it into groups mm-hmm. are offering him different things and it's going to come down to what appeals to him most for his one more year of college basketball that's what he uh, chooses to do jacob what do you think or what do you know uh with him i know he's down been down in atlanta uh with the nba pre-draft stuff is he a second round guy is i mean what have you seen from him what's what's his return from the nba are they telling him to go back yeah. to school or is 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 it it's just something as simple as hey you're a good ball player man and you could find a spot you're just gonna not be as high profile i mean what what's what's the feedback on him 
Yeah, and I, I would be curious to see what the actual NBA feedback is like. I think he's firmly firmly on the radar as a as a possible second round pick, um, and I, I think he probably at this point, just with his track record and like you look at his the the numbers. Obviously, it was a lower level, but the, the efficiency with which he played throughout his career um, in basically every every facet of the game is just absurd. And I mean, we saw Delano Banton get drafted last year, obviously. Uh, the, yeah, the, the Toronto connection there. I'm not sure uh, if anybody else would have drafted him at, at quite in that same range, but um, we saw a player like Banton go get drafted, and I think Baylor's a uh, more efficient, more talented um, version of a, a player like Banton. Um, a long playmaking wing um, that, that can play multiple positions, and differences. Baylor can really shoot the ball. So um, I, I think he could, if he sticks in the draft, he could get drafted in this second round. Um, I, I wouldn't expect it to be an early second round pick. Uh, and that's kind of where the decision-making comes in. I don't know what, um, like, the, the, the ground that he could make up with another year. Uh, if he comes in, lights it up at, at a high major level, um, I think there'll be more school, uh, programs that would be interested in him than maybe even would be this year. The, I think more uh, scouts would be all in there. It's just the question is how high would that push him up the draft? So that's kind of, I think, what he's weighing is, like, all right, how certain am I that, that I'd get drafted here? Um, and what would that put me at the next level in terms of would I be spending most of my, would I be playing on a two-way contract? Would I be spending a lot in the G League? If I come back a year, could that get me a guaranteed contract with the big club? And um, so those are all the, uh, the things that he has to consider. Uh, I haven't, I haven't done too much yet in terms of digging to find like, all right, where is he actually on, on board at this point? Still uh, a little early, but um, he's a guy that I think if he does choose to stay in the draft, I think he could get drafted. Um, but I, I, I think he could uh, come back for another year and try to put himself more firmly, uh, put him on more firm footing mm-hmm. when he does enter the league than this year where maybe you'd have to fight a little bit harder to, to get your, your foot in the door um, like through, like I said, through two-way contract, G League play, and all that type of stuff. Jacob Adela, Jacob, have a great weekend, man. It was fun to get caught up. Thanks for a little overtime with us, and then we'll uh, chat again soon, bud. All right, sounds good. Now, there he is, Jacob Adela, with us. Great insight on Baylor Shireman and just what uh, he's thinking and the, uh, the the profile piece. And man, there's so many different layers to it with going and, and doing it night in, night out against big-time competition because he's good enough to do so or being a program changer, appealing to the ego a little bit uh, as far as Nebraska's pitch. And then there's the, dude, I'm going to go make a squad even as a second-round pick, and I'm going to be in the NBA because it's been my dream for forever. And you're so happy for a native Nebraskan out of Aurora that is super talented. You're just kind of hindsight if you're a nebraska basketball fan pissed that you're you look at him and greasel both guys that could have come to lincoln been groomed and developed and maybe you have a multi-year starter versus reshuffling the deck every year you just don't know you don't know how they project but that dude can ball there's some uh, nfl draft thoughts were 15 minutes away from the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, a tale of our city presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. Ponder this. We'll talk about it next hour. Who goes first, Cam Taylor Britt or Cam Jurgens? As we have a projection here in the second round that has shifted a bit. Does Cam Taylor Britt just scream New England to you? Got to be honest. Never thought of Patriots. Okay. But that's interesting. And look at Belichick. What's he want? Guys that can do a lot. Cam Taylor Britt's a guy that can do a lot. And, man, uh, that would... Listen, before he had injury issues and off-the-field stuff, Fonzie killed it. Fonzo Dennard killed it for New England. Oh, he was awesome. He? he was awesome. Won a ring. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, just an, I mean, he's fun to watch in Lincoln, but yeah. top-end speed could compete for a starting job early if New England were to select him. 54th overall. I... Uh, Brother, I got to give it up. I mean, I, I kind of like the Lions, like every kid my age. <laughs> when Barry Sanders was roaming the Silverdome. <laughs> but how about Detroit getting J-Mo and, and Hutchinson? Yeah. I mean, I love that for them. Oh, yeah. And I, listen, move. we're all force-fed them <laughs> every Thanksgiving. <laughs> Okay. It's not fair. <laughs> so, how are you doing as a Viking guy? Uh, yeah, it could be okay. Uh, <laughs> You're totally trying to could be okay. Put some lipstick on this thing, aren't you? I mean, they traded back how many picks just to get a guy? Well, they, they just to get a guy they probably could have got. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just to be honest, the whole draft too. I, I it's kind of losing its thing for me. But may, I mean, you had fashion. You had. You had moms and dads and had Vegas. crazy setups, and you had Vegas. I mean, it was it was all right last night. It was packed, too. Uh, so many people there just for the draft. I think that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. What would you have done with the first pick? Either one of those guys I think I would have been fine with, Hutchinson or um, or Walker. Mm-hmm. Brother, I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll burn this tape in three years when he's an all-pro and he's Khalil Mack. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm out on Walker. I'm out on Walker because four of his his bros went in the first round as well, and you still only put up six and a half sacks. The other side of it is the unselfishness. He moved around a lot from a matchup standpoint that stressed the defense, so he sacrificed numbers so everyone else could eat. Mm-hmm. You can look at it both ways. Right. But even so, you'd think he'd have had better numbers. I I think... I don't know, man. I think uh, the the stud for Georgia, quite honestly, is is going to be the linebacker that that'll hear his name called relatively early tonight. And and you know, I look at a guy like Nicobe Dean and how well he rated in coverage and how well he rated against the run. Another kid that could have been in Lincoln Brees Hall. I think he'll lead things off tonight. I think Tampa pulls the trigger on him with pick 33.
Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury, in the on-deck circle, Jabba Chamberlain. Next hour as well. Thanks for spending time with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lot. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson in as Elijah Herbal has gone from the Trump rally that got postponed probably to the bar. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman, that is an NBC Sports hat on his head, not a Clemson lid, which is important to know. You're <laughs> like Clemson. Bill, how are you doing, man? Good to spend time with you. Well, it's uh, nice to see you. Hope things are going well and that uh, you learned your lesson after your suspension uh, last week. Brother, I was at uh, Cousin Jeremy's wedding. All right. (laughs) And uh, it was great grub, great time to see family and friends. Uncle Morris officiated. And uh, it it was a little delayed, but that's okay. That's okay. But uh, long and short, yeah, I missed I missed out. I missed you guys, but I appreciate Will and Elijah sitting in and Brad Fairberry uh, kicking it once more. We have we've gone like into the deep end of the pool with uh, with, with uh, Mathis madness today. Uh, less than twenty four hours uh, from decision day, Bill. I know the offering plate's probably been passed your way, brother, for, for NIL. Did you pass it on, or did you did you pull a Coming to America where you put two wads of cash in that NIL it's a, it, trove? It's amazing that those that the offering plate used to be passed under the table, and now it is on the it's table like an Italian banquet. You know, it, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's like a buffet, like, you know, instead of who's taking off, who's putting on. And then, you know, the, the famous scenes in, in what, Goodfellas at the wedding and whatnot yeah. and the envelopes. We just right out there in the open anymore <laughs> in, uh, in college athletics. And, you know, and I think, look, this, the Sean Mathis thing is, it's, it's the way of the world now in college athletics. And I'm not sure that it's ever going to be reined in. And I've been trying to figure out how that might happen. But, you know, the, the question is, is he going to spend the next seven or eight months in Lincoln or Austin? Because let's face it, I know he's got two years of eligibility left. A year from now, he's hearing his names from either Nebraska exactly. or Austin. Yeah. You know, this is like a one year, not even a one year. It's a deal. rental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not even going to sign a full year lease at, you know, uh, at the apartments on 65th and Vine, brother, we're talking uh, Sheridan Boulevard. Okay, I mean we're going we're going old school. I know, and that's 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 the way it is with with, with college athletics now. And so yeah, we're all excited. We, you know, is is going to go? You know, the, the story is in the last 24 hours that he might stay at TCU. Have you followed that at all? I have not. I mean, they're I, try, they're, they're trying to you know I, you know because this is why Texas is nervous. Texas is understanding. Well, wait a minute, we are, I, we're down in Nebraska. And Texas and UT is trying to figure out, 
you know, what lawn he can mow for $1.2 million, <laughs> you know, Manor, Texas, Manor, Texas is a, is basically a, that's where he's from. It's a is, suburb. That's where he moved to. Yeah. With his mom. It's a, it's a suburb of Austin. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be great if he, if he wants to come to, to Nebraska, I think it'd be, he, he would enjoy himself. He would play in front of uh, more people in one game than he probably played in front of in, 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 you know, all season at, at TCU, mm-hmm. but TCU's got money. And that's what we're talking about now with collegiate athletics. TCU's got money. Texas has money. Nebraska has money and a passionate, a more passionate fan base, I believe, mm-hmm. than either one of those. Texas has a passionate fan base, very white collar. Nebraska's got red, white, and blue collars, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we all hope that tomorrow he puts on, does his little purple, orange, and red hat dance, and then he comes to Nebraska for seven months. And, yeah, you're right. He'll be he'll probably, you know, put his name into the NFL draft, you know, at the conclusion of next season. And it's just the way it is anymore. It's you, you know the, the neighborhoods well. Uh, you mentioned, I sorry, I just thought TCU's out of it because my question – goes my questions go as follows a why would you go big 12 to big 12 i think if you want to go to the league aside from the sec the big 10 is great for you eight guys drafted both sides of the line of scrimmage you're going up against pros on the offensive line i know money i know money i know i i get it but where's nebraska and the fan base is the game changer when it comes to nebraska v texas v tcu but where's Nebraska in the pecking order? I know Nebraska's got, got Uncle Warren, but Uncle Warren doesn't do what Uncle Phil does. How how does Nebraska compare to TCU and Texas when it comes to financial friends of the program? Could they Nebraska can compete, Nebraska can set the bar. Can Nebraska hypothetically counter offer? Because we're talking about that. We're talking about money. Well, I remember now Nebraska can't counter offer, but the collectives can counter right. offer. That's Thank what you. it's all that, about. That's, but, that's what I mean. You know, you know, no, I no. If 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 Nebraska collectives fans want to play the game, then they'll play the game. And I you know I think Nebraska's got got money. Texas has has more than anybody, and Texas is fighting against Texas A and M within its own backyard. TCU is a very rich school. But do they have the passionate fan base that wants to play? No, that he way? knows that. I think that, but I think that they have. I think Texas, TCU has stepped up to that plate when they made the move from the Mountain West to the Big Twelve. I think that they had an understanding. And Chris Del Conte, who was the is the AD at Texas now, was the AD at, T, at TCU. I think that they went to those people and said, "All right, we're going to make this move, and if we want to be competitive, y'all got to step up." And I think that they have. I think Utah has done the same thing in the Pac-12. I think when they said, okay, we're going to move from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, if we're going to compete, all you folks who are sitting on large wallets, you need to pony up. And I think that they have. They decided we want to be all in in this game. There are some schools that are like, and you know, maybe Iowa State, you remember the news from last week that Iowa State's pulling out of that AAU or academic, you know, whatever thing, you know, that you got to be in to be in a big, big tent. I think Iowa State probably thought – I, I, I think we just got to stay put, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think we have the wells to tap into like some of these other schools that want to. And even though Nebraska is geographically similar to those, ty- those a school like an Iowa state, 
Nebraska's in. Mm-hmm. Nebraska is all in and needs to be in quickly because who knows what this NIL thing is going to do in terms of where donors put their money. I think that's another, uh, that's a really big question too, as we move on from the Mathis thing to the big picture, instead of going to donors and saying, are you in to help us build this building? Now donors are going, how much is it going to cost us to get this kid in here? Mm-hmm. Right. So now, now Nebraska is kind of competing against itself, and and Nebraska is not alone. But these donors that were helping to build these one hundred and fifty million dollar facilities are now going. If I put a hundred thousand dollars into this kid's pocket, the defensive end. Well, I can't pay for the building now, but I'm going to help him get here for a couple of years. The defensive end fund. Yes, Bill, you uh, you get a phone call tomorrow. From Indianapolis, you take that phone call, Bill Dolman. <laughs> would uh, would you like to 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 succeed Mark Emmert as president? I know you got ideas how to how to go janitor here on what has become college athletics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I take his salary and I do the same kind of job he did for twelve years, put the company on the verge of collapse, and then <laughs> retire. You know, so so fail up and fail upward and not do a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. One of the lines I read about Mark Emmert was Mark Emmert, comma, 69, comma, who spent his entire career in higher education, comma. To me, right there, find some find people who are business people. Mm. Now, whether you like the previous president of the United States or not, the guy's a businessman, right? He's not a career politician. I think the same thing in regards to the NCAA. You need to find somebody like back when baseball went to Peter Uberoth to be the commissioner back in the 1980s and helped usher it into a new generation. And, and you know, the, far better than Rob Manfred has done with Major League Baseball. But I think you need to find somebody who is a businessman. The Pac-12 did it with uh, Klaviakovs, the new commissioner. You know, they thought outside the box and went with somebody who's got a marketing background and is doing things differently. I think the NCA has got to find people with business sense, common sense. And and maybe part of that whole thing is is to just say, you know what? We're in a new era. And I have said this for 20 years. And you and I talk about this a lot. I've been right for so long. It's unbelievable. 20 years, there's going to be power 64, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe the NCAA needs to say, go ahead and go. And we're going to govern the FCS, 1AA, the Division Threes, and we're going to try and and create uh, an organization that champions – the collegiate athletic model as it was for decades. But right now we're in a situation where this has become, you cannot have collegiate athletics as it is. You guys go manage your own corporation, right? And you power, we, we, and, and do your thing. But I, I to me, that's just where it's got to, it's almost got to go is they just got to cut ties. I don't, I don't see what governance the NCAA has over, it's gone. It's, it's, the it's gone. They, they've, right. They don't have it over football. They haven't had it over the college football playoff. And I mean, they've they, made their know, money the, off the, the basketball I'm... tournament. So now 
my question is is the cutoff. There's more than 106 there's more than 64 division 1 teams and I think if you're in a a, a power 5 you're safe theoretically. Right. But right. there's some fringe that that may or may not get in okay. or or you got basketball but, to, to worry about versus your football program. But are you in? Are are do you want do you want to be in like Nebraska? Geographic challenges but still Nebraska is in. Nebraska is a power school. But if you are Iowa State, if you are uh, a lower level, well, if you're Oklahoma, the, if you're Oklahoma State, yeah, they got money though. They're going to be in. Okay. That's, I mean, that's you know, it's no longer Boone picking Jew, but you know, they're they're going to be in. But there that there are schools in other conferences where it's like Vanderbilt in the SEC. Great, you bring up the GPA, baseball. But what are they become other than college baseball? Okay, is that bringing in money? I mean, is that just, turning just in the, the SEC, SEC? Just in the SEC, no. right? It's it's all it's all football for the most part. So who's in? And they're going to have to have that meeting, you know, at some point and say, "We're off. We're going to do the college sports corporation, and we're going to we're businesses and we're suits, and we're going to see who's going to play and how the schools are going to play, and the other schools, the the group of fives and the FCSs." You know what? We're going to have this model where we can be competitive together. We're all in this together, and we're just going to have the collegiate sports model as it was known for as long as we can, because it's just too wide of a gap now. You know, and I, and, and this, the the story in Miami, you know, kind of dovetails to our conversation last week about players going and the NIL and all that. Have you followed this about the? Um, I, I, is it Isaiah Wong? Yeah, he has an agent, and it's I'm transferring if I don't get a better deal. Tomorrow, they said, and they, they, he has put. I'd wait him out because he's got to declare by May first. Right, and they've said, and if he doesn't get the NI deal that matches the kid from Kansas State, <laughs> Nigel Pack goes from Kansas State to Miami because he was the best player in the portal available. The kid get the kid from Kansas State's getting an eight hundred thousand dollar two year deal and a car to go to Miami convertible. I don't know. Probably. Okay. So now this guy, this kid Wong is holding Miami sort of hostage that if he doesn't get a good deal by midnight tonight, brother, I got you to the elite eight. Where's my love. Right. Have and fun with the locker. Then the kid from Kansas state's kid. That's the era that we're in in college, in, in college athletics. And fans are now looking to John Ruiz. Okay. John Ruiz is the billionaire who has 111 Miami athletes under some sort of NIL deal. 111. He's the one who's involved in this pack mm-hmm. deal. All right. So now boosters are looking to one donor. Are you going to pony up to not Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, not the guy who's driving the Reds into the ground in Major League Baseball? You know, it's the owner, right? Now in college sports, Miami fans are going, John Ruiz, the owner of a, what, uh, Cigarette Racing and another company, are you, are you the donor going to pay the kid? Are you going to pony up? Just like you said, you know, Uncle Warren. Well, you know, we all know Warren Buffett doesn't do that for Nebraska. That's fine. But now instead of it being the owner of the team or whatever – People are looking to donors to come through to keep a kid in college. We need a sugar daddy <laughs> and a sugar mama. See, that's where we that's where we are, and that's why I'm saying these 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 schools that can't push all in, 
can't continue to compete with those who want to play. It's going to be awful, awful difficult. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill, less than uh, less than a minute here. The uh, Trump rally rescheduled. Will I see you and Shaggy headed this way Sunday? <laughs> I didn't come back for the spring game. You know, I, I'm probably not going to make it for the, uh, the the Trump rally. I'm sure that there will be lots of other folks in different red hats than the one I have in representing right. NBC Sports. But I'm, I'm sure a good time will be had by all, no matter what your political persuasion is in Nebraska. Billy D., appreciate seeing you. Uh, thanks for lifting the suspension. <laughs> we'll talk uh, next Friday, bud. Take care. Yeah, have the NCAA call me. Go Big Red. <laughs> we'll do that. Job at Chamberlain's on the way. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Jabba Chamberlain with us. Talk all things baseball. But first and foremost, how are you a second place uh, in the uh, the alumni golf tournament? Did you throw a club or are you, you happy with the performance? Uh, we didn't birdie one par three, so that kind of held us back. We, we played pretty good the other way, but it was, uh, yeah, the par threes got us and then brandon riley and his group was uh was the ones in front of us so uh i guess we'll just take a second place you get a few gift cards so it kind of makes it worth it well and steak knives right i mean you, you, <laughs> you get steak knives with second place yeah uh, it was it just i think it's more the bragging rights when we see each other now it's like oh obviously we're gonna have to do this every year and you know have to you know maybe put uh put a little side wager on the action now after after he's got us in this one i i think so and i'll say this in in your defense job at chamberlain with this those hockey kids like if you play hockey you automatically rocket golf you just do yeah i think it's i think hockey and baseball we've had uh on the group that was that was with us was was brian dunsing darren hofford aaron marsden and daniel bruce so oh good what's cool cool about these events you, you know you just get to see people that uh, you haven't seen in a while and and get to catch up and you know just be be a part of that and and do some cool stuff and it's you know it was all the sports were represented here today which was really cool and, and football and uh fred was here um he didn't win so we can rub that one into him as well <laughs> and so b- baseball baseball won second place in the first flight and first place in the second flight. So we were we were very well represented as as a program. I love that. Jabba Chamberlain's with us. So I'm going to ask you to name drop because you've been able to be in some cool circles. What's the coolest golf foursome you've been with? Oh, coolest? Shoot. I mean, there's been a bunch. I've been able to play in an Oakley Pro-Am. You know, just, you know, played with you know, guys on your team that you, you've been able to play some, some cool golf course. And I think that's, that was the best thing, you know, before, before games, you get up early and you can catch a tee time and get 18 holes and, and go back and take a nap. And, you know, as, as you travel around the country and get to play in some really cool places, they have some really cool golf courses. So that was, you know, that was a perk of, of being able to, uh, to travel the country and play baseball. And, you know, when you got a bunch of golfers that, that love, love to play the game and also your teammates it makes it pretty fun to 
to go out, but then also it makes it a little bit stressful because then it's bragging rights because you have to see them every day. <laughs> so a buddy of mine w- was working with the Royals, so he'd get to go do what you're talking about, and it'd be Jose Lima, the the late great Jose Lima oh. that, that he that he'd play golf with, and they just they had a great time. Uh, is is I'm going to just throw this out there: is Jeter is good putting as he is playing short or is there a no uh, comment uh, honestly it's i i've seen him swing a golf club a couple times i haven't played with him he always does his golf tournament mm-hmm. and he's kind of just a ceremonial guy that sits on a tee you know that does that stuff but i haven't played a full round with him so i don't know that answer but there's probably i would say justin verlander okay. ian kinsler andy pettit are probably three of the best I played with. Ioannis Espedes, I, I played, and I'm pretty sure he, he's hit golf balls that still haven't landed. Mm-hmm. He swung so hard it hurt my back. <laughs> what about Roger? Does he do golf or no? <laughs> yeah, he he played. I never I never played with him, but that, that was that was his big thing. Oh um, seven when I first got called up, he was he was playing too, but he was making his comeback at that point because mm-hmm. he only played that that basically half three quarter season. So never got to play with him, but I've, I've watched him play in some of those pro-ams and, and do those things. So um, Larry the Cable Guy's had some some charity things here in Lincoln, and he's he's pretty fun. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I picked up a broken club from him at Yankee Hill when it was open because it said get her done, and I'm pretty sure that's about the – the giveaway of, of whose clubs and whose tees were hanging around. Well, good enough. Jabba, let's uh, flip over to Husker baseball. And uh, Huskers have put two together. They've put it together offensively, weather permitting with Iowa, of course. But, hey, Nebraska's hanging in. They're, they're sitting at eight with plenty of season left and uh, on paper a favorable schedule. Not that they're world-beating right now, but they look like they're – waking up just a bit is the goal right now just to be able to get to omaha and then raise some hell i think it's it's obviously building on what we have now and obviously this this becomes a new season we're oh and oh we obviously control our own destiny at this point with obviously the favorable schedule with the four weekends we have coming into to big 10 play and i think we just kind of got to erase everything we kind of got to go and obviously dealing with injuries, dealing with, you know, all the other stuff and not playing the way that they probably wanted to play. But that's the greatest thing about baseball is, you know, we got four four weekends to get after it, to understand, like, hey, this we can play this into, you know, another season and put us in the tournament. And once you get there, you never know what can happen. And I think we're talented enough. We've scored some runs. We've we've built some momentum, and obviously, weather permitting, I I hope it stays stays nice because just ride the momentum that we've had and and take it into this weekend and build off this weekend and and then understand where where we stand and 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 keep working from there. So I, I just I mean, I think we just need to break it into two seasons to where it's like, hey, let's start over. We we know we haven't accomplish what we want but we still have a chance to and you know just to believe that we can 
and have the opportunity to do it. We just have to go out and, and prove it. Java Chamberlain with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Java, let's talk about uh, the base brawl that went on between the Cards and the Mets. <laughs> You've got uh, Arenado and Cabrera each getting suspended for the, from their roles. Uh, the Mets like to fight. What What is the rule? If you dot my guy, I got to dot your guy. Is it as simple as that? Or are there universal a-holes that, that teams and pitchers just don't like and guys are top three for a reason when it comes to being hit by pitches? Uh, I, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I mean, obviously, Nolan is, Nolan is a good friend of mine. And you, you, you've seen his career. He doesn't really respond like that very often um you haven't seen it there's i can i can recall two or three times where i've seen him lose it i mean he's one of the most cool calm and collected guys that i've seen play the game and i think it's i i think it's just a rivalry thing i think it's one of those things i if i wouldn't say it's it's proven a point but you know obviously you throw you know a ball at his head he's probably not going to like it if you hit me in the back or you hit me in the butt so be it you i, I knew it was probably going to happen i knew that's the way to go about it. But then at the same time, if you don't like it, what's one way to handle it? You, you go, you go take care of it in, in the way you feel. And, and I, I think there's just, there's certain aspects. I mean, obviously the game with, you know, with the dibbles and, and the, and the nasty boys for the reds, <laughs> I, there's, there's not that many dudes like that anymore. So I, I think it's an individual basis or it's just one of those things where a situation just happens where, you know, you feel like as a pitcher, that's something you need to do to protect your teammates. And, and, and part of that is, is earning the respect of your teammates, too, of, of watching the game and understanding. But there there's also ways to do it, which – and there's also the contrary. is like, why would you do that, put a guy on base when you can just strike him out? So there, there, there's two trains of thought, and, you know, everybody has their own. And how you handle it is how you handle it. I mean, it's there's no right or wrong, but there's – if you're going to do it, you know, you just don't you don't throw out somebody's head. If the bench is clear, and I always remember a couple that never really escalated and some that, that did escalate between the Yanks and Red Sox, <laughs> you, uh, you you got to go if if it's on, right? If, if you kind of drift back, then that's that's uh, that's no good in the clubhouse, right? Right. I mean, it's just you, you, you have 25 brothers. I mean, you guys are grinding from spring training you know, hopefully to the end to, to win a World Series. And, you know, those are dudes you, you're day in and day out with grinding. And, you know, you make a bad pitch, they make a great play. And that's the thing about that is is protecting them and, and as you go. And, I mean, there's been players in the past that obviously when bench is clear, they just sit and do nothing. And that's just them. But that's the explanation that they, as as players, have to explain to their guys and, and what the situation was and why and, and not going out or doing what have you. But it's just, you know, being being a part of a handful of bench-clearing brawls. Um, yeah, adrenaline goes and you go. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. You're just – obviously you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But, I mean, you've got <laughs> – 40, 50 grown men. I've, you know, we've, we've seen the battles with the Cardinals and the Reds when people are kicking each other and all the other stuff. So there's <laughs> there's been some some monumental brawls and fights that there's there's memories of. But it's just it's part of the game. I don't think it's a significant part of the game as, mm-hmm. as much as it used to be. But obviously, we've seen in the past that it is it's still there. And at the end of the day, you've got that many men 
playing and at the highest level and trying to compete and win and you know you you want to protect your teammates and, and respect your teammates as much as you can and, and if that's that's always having their back and, and making sure that they understand that you do have their back and that's sometimes what you got to do Jabba Chamberlain's with us. Jabba, I, I think the, the, the nasty boys uh, you, you touched on with the Reds, uh, 1990 World Series champs, Norm Charlton and Rob Dibble. I mean, we, we kind of knew they were psycho in a good way. I mean that lovingly. <laughs> I look at the 86 Mets, right, and, and like with Dykstra and Straw and Kevin Mitchell and, and all their, <laughs> their legendary um, stories of, of just – how they got down and and what they did, uh, deprived or not, I, I they you know they were they were somebody that was maybe too crazy to look at too long, uh, and then even Billy Martin, God rest his soul, Billy would always get after it out of the dugout. I always got a kick of watching baseball footage and the MLB Network, and you know just just Martin's demeanor. He was he was always all over it. Did anyone ever charge you? Um, no, I, I actually never did. Um, I actually got thrown out of a Red Sox-Yankees game. I didn't even hit anybody, and I got thrown out. Um, you lost control of that one, right, if I remember? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it didn't go where I wanted it. Um, <laughs> sometimes that happens. I just, you know, I needed to uh, grip the ball better or get a new ball, That's uh, and that's what we'll say. Um, <laughs> no, never, never, never did. Um, had a Had a bunch of literally bench clearing brawls where you're you're pulling guys off each other but sure. nobody ever came and got me okay and we all oh. we all remember like Nolan, I, I, Nolan Ryan Robin Ventura I mean that's classic a few more minutes job at Chamberlain on the other side more base brawl and some draft thoughts as we get you ready for rounds two and three on Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Willie J. More with Jabba Chamberlain and more base brawl. Thoughts from Jabba on uh, the Donnie Brooks that have ensued. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something where you go back and, you know, there was a good one in Anaheim. <laughs> Who won? I don't know if there's a win. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if there's a win. It was across in the plate and... Something was said, and Tory pushed Pudge, and next thing you know, it's going hammer time. Tory was also in another one in Baltimore with Bud Norris. They got pretty good. Um, 
was with one with Jorge and Jesse Carlson for the Blue Jays where I feared for Jesse Carlson's life because Jorge can go a little crazy. <laughs> Just the look, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's You could see it playing out. That's one of those things where <laughs> – it was just you could see it, and it just it just happened, and you're like, oh boy, here we go. So yeah, those I've been in some good ones. Jabba will switch to the NFL draft. Uh, a quick take: Who's your squad? Don't really have an NFL squad. I mean, obviously, being being from here, it's it's obviously you move for everybody from Nebraska going and right. And supporting all those guys, so it was, you know. Then obviously playing and, and getting to know guys that played in the NFL, it was. Uh, you just started rooting for for guys that you knew that were playing in the NFL, and you know, just hope that they they do well. And you know, obviously the the Nebraska guys coming out is is something that you're always proud of, and the way those guys have represented themselves in the NFL for for Nebraska and our home state, and so it's it's yeah, just that's probably more so who I root for than, than a team, per se. Did you have a draft party? No, I, uh, my draft party was my son and a baby Bjorn watching it on the Internet trying to get him to take a nap. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Did he go down uh, as quick as you wanted or no? <laughs> no, I was just uh, I was in the basement looking because we didn't have MLB Network at that point, so right. I was just kind of watching the draft online and – you know, obviously, once all the draft happens, you got to go do the media stuff. So it was kind of, hey, here's Carter. I got to go do this. <laughs> so it was uh, a very uneventful draft party for me in baseball, and, and just having Carter and his baby Bjorn trying to take a nap, and then playing the handoff game as as parents, we all know that game when you got to go do something. Hey. I'll see you later. I'll be back. <laughs> we uh, we got canceled for freshman ball tonight. You guys, uh, Southwest Varsity gets rocking tomorrow, correct? Yeah, we got Carney at home, so it'll be uh, hopefully get going. And then we got one more um, on Monday against Northeast, and then districts come around, and here we go. Should be good. Job of best to uh, to K-Man and, and uh, Varsity, and we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks for a few minutes. Sounds good. You got it. Jabba Chamberlain there and Husker Baseball. Oh, they're smart and one nothing. They dropped the opener to Iowa, just got wrapped up. Nebraska just gets two hits off of Adam Mazur. Complete game shutout. And uh, per our friend uh, Steve Marek and Michael Brunts, friends uh, Bruncey and Steve, dude was still hitting 97 on the gun in the eighth. Shay Shanneman just one solo shot in the fourth. Great outing for Shanneman, who struggled against Iowa historically. But Nebraska right now were fending off, giving the gentle Heisman to Purdue for eighth. They got to got to get it done tomorrow and in Sunday, 2.05 tomorrow, assuming Noah doesn't float by. So that's uh, that's no good. Okay, so second round, NFL draft. Tonight, 6 o'clock, 15 minutes away, you'll uh, have Huskers hear their name, presumably, which is great. Already told you ESPN is projecting Cam Taylor Britt, pick 54, over to New England, which makes a, a, a ton of sense. Some thoughts from Russ Landy, NFL insider. He joined us yesterday, and think about Russ. Russ has done this a lot. Uh, and uh, has some some good 
outlook on on many Nebraska kids. He's scouted him for a lot of years for for Belichick and then for for Dick Vermeil. So when we look at some of the feedback and uh, just where things are at with these Nebraska players, Russ really dove into to the value of JoJo Doman, and and JoJo's a guy that could hear his name in the second round or in the third round tonight. You could hear his name fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe maybe not hear it just because of age and injury concern. But JoJo's talent and skill set really impressed Russ Landy. There are a number of teams. Baltimore was one of them for many years, and they still are. There are about four or five teams that really placed an emphasis on in the sixth and seventh round. They say, hey, we're going to take the kids who have been super productive, who are really good athletes, who either have character or injury problems that have kept them from being drafted at the level that their production usually would warrant. So that's why there are going to definitely be teams that probably have a mark on him along with three or four other guys with injury, like him, or character. There's just some other guys as guys they'd be willing to roll the dice on late that other teams probably won't consider, but it's a great value pick for them. Let's get Russ's take on Samare Toure. As deep as this receiver draft is, Samare's spent time with a lot of teams. I mean, Samare has found his way over to Seattle. He's found his way to Kansas City. He's found his way to uh, a handful of of other teams, uh, Colts, Cincy, Green Bay as well. So they've all checked him out. Good slot player, and Green Bay's notorious for finding somebody and just saying, oh, yeah, hang out on the practice squad for a year and then go catch passes from Aaron Rodgers on Sundays. But where's Samari land with this receiver core and crop in 2022? You know, I think, unfortunately for both of them, um, different things hurting them. Tory, obviously, I mean, you're talking about a position that there's always tons of. Um, and, and with one, although he was productive prior at a lower level, but one year of production at Nebraska, it's going to hurt him. He's going to lose a lot of tiebreakers, probably going to be an undrafted free agent. So, but he does like his ability. Do we have time for, for Daniels or no? Damien, where he's going to land, we had a chance to talk with Damien earlier in the week. Teams were shocked he came out. One year of really being a productive all-around player, unlikely he gets drafted. Now, does that mean they don't have a chance to get good money as, as a free agent? No. And does that mean they're not going to make a team? No. I mean, every year, oh, more players make teams around the league in terms of active roster and practice roster that are undrafted than actually get picked. So you definitely have an opportunity to make a team. Four or five guys per team make it. You just got to find the right home and make sure your agent helps you identify the correct team to sign with when you get all your offers after the draft. We look at a guy like Austin Allen, uh, maybe six round to Tennessee. But what that last part said was so key is your agent know what's going on. And, and Austin's positioned well with his representation, in my humble opinion. Searles uh, will do him well if it comes to that free agent part of things. We'll wind out a Friday, get you ready for the NFL Draft Rounds 2 and 3 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. One final time, get the podcast, subscribe to us, Hail Varsity Radio. And uh, we appreciate your feedback. Thanks for all the ratings and postings, good, bad, or ugly. We like reading them. Sometimes they make us cry. Kidding. Thick skin right here. But uh, tell us what you think. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and a big uh, virtual hug because I can't reach him to Will Wilson at uh, Willie on the radio for sitting in. Elijah Herbal sent off to go see Trump. Uh, Things postponed till Sunday. Elijah better be at the bar, the bar right now, having one or several on me. Better? Man, if they're on you, you better take advantage of that, right? Oh, he will. You think he will? <laughs> he needs to. He knows both, better. Both of you guys need to. Oh, yeah. yeah we you, all got You're it. awesome. You're awesome. Actually, let's just call it. Like it better be, uh, it's not that I don't want to buy you guys a drink or steak, but Mama's the cash cow. Gotcha. Right. So thank Mama when you see her. Thank you. But no, uh, listen, you've got best available right now for the NFL draft. You know what's interesting? Uh, Trey McBride, the top-rated tight end in the draft out of Colorado State, is a uh, kind of a rural Colorado kid, was at Nebraska's camp. Oh. I think during the Micah Parsons ah. era when, when Micah was running. But your your top-rated guy right now is Malik Willis at Liberty. We'll see when and if he goes this round. Ajabo with that Achilles injury. Ajabo would have been a late first-round guy. I uh, really like him. Brees Hall, North Wichita kid. I think his uncle is Jeff Smith, the former Husker standout. Ended up at Iowa Western. Nebraska passed on him. Kenneth Walker is there. Matt Corral is there. Coral, Corral, forgive me. Sam Howell. You've just got really nothing in quarterbacks. I'm glad Kenny Pickett gets to go to Pittsburgh. Don't kid yourself, man. I bet you money Tomlin made a phone call to Whipple and said, said, look, dude, what do you think? A lot of praise last night from Mel Kuyper Jr. too on Mark Whipple. Oh, really? I did not hear that. Yeah. He was like, hey, Whipple did an amazing job of developing Pickett. Pickett did a great job of developing and uh a lot of, lot of FaceTime for Whipple uh, from Mel Kuyper. And he's like, yeah, he's at Nebraska now to do well. Perion Winfrey, Nebraska was all in on him last year. He was an Iowa Western interior lineman. So he's one of three uh, pass rushers that, that Oklahoma had and we were worried about uh, down in Norman. Cam Jurgens is the 31st best overall right now going in to what's remaining. He's the best center remaining. And Linderbaum is great. Uh, Talking about Nick Bonito, Leo Chanel, Kim Taylor-Britz, the 40th ranked player uh, available. Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end, is up there. Uh, Wandale Robinson just inside the top 50. Interesting to see where Wandale goes. David Bell, also from Purdue. Is he a fourth or a fifth round guy coming out? Don't know. Plenty of draft talk tomorrow. Probably probably some recap on 
if the cams go tonight, when the cams go tonight. Mark Cranach tomorrow morning, myself. And uh, stay safe with some of the weather out there. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Back with you Monday and tomorrow, of course, at 7 a.m. with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.